Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. To listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sherlock, sure listen. 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 Very good, Benjamin. We're back, and we are not in the. Ti- we're in the. Ti- we're kind of in the tiny room. But your look, Benjamin. We've got we're loads in tiny of stu- rooms. We're in. We're in tiny rooms, Benjamin. We've got loads of stuff to cover today. So, sure, look, we better get on with it. We're going to be looking at Samaritan, the new film from Sylvester Stallone from two thousand and four. We're also going to watch Day Shift, Jamie Fox versus <laughs> Vampires. Also, Benjamin, both of us have seen Paper Girls, and we're going to have a chat about that. And we're also going to have to talk about Paper Girls because we mostly covered it on our other podcast, Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club. And we're going to have a chat about why we're not allowed to see Nope. Sure, listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough, and it really isn't for a weekly pop culture podcast, you were going to be taking a look at the history of alien abduction, both in the world... Mm. And in fiction, look at us! Oh, look at us! Oh, oh! Is there so, a fourth wall, Michael? Is there? Is there? We've 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 kicked it down a bit. We've absolutely smashed it down, like sliced alone in the new film Samaritan. It was very smooth, Michael. Let's not waste any of that wonderful, wonderful uh, fluid motion there, and uh, let's talk about Samaritan. Yeah, Michael, Benjamin. Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone, not learning the lessons of the past, has gone into another comic book superhero venture. Benjamin, first of all, I want you to tell me, is this from a comic book? Um, it is not. I think this is a Hancock-style <laughs> vanity project. Yes. Let me take you back, Benjamin. Let me take you back to 2004, Ben, when superhero <laughs> films were but a glimmer in the eye of the young Kevin Feige. Fiege. Fiege. Kevin Fiege. Young Kevin Fiege, Ben. And... It was a much it was a much grimmer landscape for the superhero film because people didn't want superheroes up on their big screens. No, they didn't. Why would they? Big the gaudy no superheroes. Exactly, Ben. So everyone was just making realistic superhero films with A-list Hollywood stars. And it turns out nobody wants that, Michael. And nobody wanted that, Ben, because they were all no. shite. <laughs> they were rubbish, Michael. Absolute rubbish, Ben. So, what... Is this Netflix? Is this Amazon Prime? It's one of them. Prime. It's Amazon Prime, Benjamin. What they've done is they've time-travelled us back to 2004, Ben, and they've made us a 2004 superhero film. But the problem is they've forgotten to bring Sylvester Stallone in their time machine, so they've accidentally used modern 76-year-old Sylvester Stallone to be in their superhero action film. You have to admire Sylvester Stallone because the answer is inevitably to whatever comes into his head, yes, I'll do it. Yes, yes, absolutely, I will do that. It doesn't matter that I'm 76. I'm going to be lepping about the place. Benjamin, fair play and kudos to him. He looks every inch the 60-year-old superhero, not the 76-year-old superhero. I can't believe he's 76. I would have said he was in his late 60s there, Michael. 76 years old, Benjamin, lepping over cars. Presumably no CG in this film, Ben. Just actual Sylvester Stallone lepping over cars, turning them over with one hand, protecting young children with his his own body. I don't... Look, it's very grim, Michael, by the looks of things. It, it the, the second I watched it, I'd be like, this is... this is it was I thought it was going to be similar to Tom Cruise's failed The Dark World universe, but it was oh, going to be universe. a Hancock universe. Mm. And there was maybe going to be a Hancock in there somewhere. Benjamin, I got serious Unbreakable vibes from it. Uh, it it's very it's very grey, very blue, very, very cold, Michael. Ben, oh, hold on. Sorry to interrupt, Benjamin. I've got a phone call coming on there. Benjamin, I've got 1998's Steel on the line. Yes, what is it, 19, the film 1998's Steel? You want your movie back, including your costume and hammer. Benjamin, I don't know if you could hear me there because I might, might have muted my mic, but I had 1998's Steel on the line there and they want their design back. Oh, they want their design back. Ah. Yeah, because he's just steel, Ben. He just steal. He's just steal. Was <laughs> Benjamin? He's just steal. He's just super think, no steal. Do you think maybe right? Go on. Yeah. Way back in nineteen ninety, when did steal come out? I don't know. I think it was ninety eight, but it was probably earlier. Nineteen ninety six, we'll say, just for sport. Okay, go on. Do you think Sylvester Stallone heard about a hammer wielding metal clad superhero and went, "I want to do that," 
And then everybody said, no, he's, he's, he's black in the comics. He's like, yeah, but I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. And he was like, and then they were like, no, 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 he's, he's, he's black in the comics. Slow. You can't, you can't do it. And he was like, I'll do it. I, I don't mind. I'll do uh, it. And then he lost out to Shaquille O'Neal and he's held a little, a little, a little grudge ever since. And he was finally asked in 2022, come here, you any interest in being in superhero films? Yeah. I want to be a big guy with a hammer. Yeah, that's probably exactly what happened. Benjamin, you know what I think probably happened, though, is that they actually cast Sylvester Stallone and Shaquille O'Neal just showed up on the day and stood in front of him. No one could see Sylvester Stallone anymore. And they accidentally ended see. up filming the whole thing with Shaquille O'Neal. With Sylvester Very Stallone going, good. I'm, Very I'm behind good. here, guys. Hey, guys. This is my Sylvester Stallone sounds like he's from D4 when I do him. Hey, guys, I'm, behind, <laughs> I'm actually behind here, guys. Boys, I'm toss the rock there. I'm right I'm here. <laughs> absolutely sending this performance, guys, and you can't see me. That's uh, my Sylvester Stallone impression there. Hope everyone enjoyed that. Oh, my goodness. I'm behind this absolute giant of a man. Benjamin. But anyway, look, it looks terrible. <laughs> it looks absolutely <laughs> dreadful. That, that was actually a, a guest appearance from our, our two brand new hosts for our uh, D4 podcast. Two strapping young box, as in oh, yeah. two strapping young lads from Black Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Benjamin, looks yes. dreadful. I have no interest in seeing it whatsoever. No, oh, I'm going to watch it, Michael. I'm going to sit down with my Amazon Prime membership that I pay nine euro and seventy one cent for a month. <laughs> well, you might as well it. you might as well get the wear out of it, Ben, as they say. Might as well, might as well get the wear out of them. Sure, but no use to anybody sitting in the closet. No, no use. use to anybody in the closet, Benjamin. Michael, speaking, one. <laughs> speaking of Benjamin, speaking of dreadful streaming films that no one's ever asked for, what's Jamie Foxx up to these days? Well, Michael, somebody turned around to Jamie Foxx and said, here, come here to me. Um, in the 90s, he was in the running for a little a little Marvel film called A Blade. Oh, go on. <clears throat> and uh, Jamie Foxx went to the auditions and he was like, I'll do it. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll be a, a sword-wielding vampire killer. Uh, mm. I'll do it. Yes, and they're like, oh, he lost out to Shaq. He, he lost out to Shaquille O'Neal, who was, in fact, the seminal black vampire hunter. <laughs> Blade. Blade. Yeah, very In good. a weird mandala effect. I thought it was Wesley Snipes for some no, reason. No, it was actually funny. Shaquille O'Neal as Wesley Snipes. They had to. Ben, all the stakes were like 120% bigger than usual. Yeah, they were just posts. They were the kind of posts the farmer used to build fencing. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> everyone else them. was standing a little bit closer to the camera to make him look normal, Ben. You should see the size of the van. Enormous thing. Chris Christopherson was on two boxes. Two boxes and closer to the camera. So, Michael, Jamie Foxx doesn't need to do anything. Jamie this Fox is great. Yeah, great. Uh, it's going to be in day shift for Netflix. Um, the, the ever-dwindling Netflix, Michael. And he's going to be a kick-ass vampire hunter during the day. Yeah. Because that's when the vampires are weaker, so that's when you go get them. Yep. Yeah, so, it's, it's a pretty interesting cast, Michael. It's, it's Jamie Foxx. Dave mm-hmm. Franco and Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Doggy Dog's in it, Benjamin. It's got the cleaner Franco and Snoop Doggy Dog, who was on trial for murder. Uh, who was on trial for murder, but not yeah, yeah. on this set. Or not this on this film. set, yeah. He was on trial for murder, so that's fine. And definitely much worse than James Franco just being a creep. Yeah, but that's... Yeah, James Franco is a big old creep, but Dave's all right. Dave's fine, yeah. Dave's the clean Franco. Everyone can have him. That's absolutely grand. Everybody loves a bit of Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Benjamin, this yeah. looks dreadful as well. It, it it looks like... Michael, do you remember Pineapple Express? Yes. Yeah, so Pineapple Express was, I think, the bizarre culmination of the stoner comedy genre. It has James Franco in it. And Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen and the guy from um, I'm Your Karate Instructor and I'm a Dick. What's his name? Uh, oh, it's um, Danny... Yes. Something. Glover. Danny Glover, I think it was. It's not Danny Glover, but um, it's a great Danny. He's hilarious, and he should be in more things. Yeah, Danny Glover. He's, he yeah. kept going on too old for this shit. Yeah, that was him. That was definitely him. That was him. Uh, that was him uh, anyway, that come here to me. Though That movie was kind of the culmination of the stoner genre. It was the, the big hit, the big oomph, but it, it's just heightened stakes and ridiculous tension and... You know, there's it, it always follows the same trope, Michael. There's one guy who's incredibly good at his job. Mm. There's another guy who's incredibly out of his depth. 
and there's a third cool black guy who keeps everything cool and serves as exposition. And that's exactly what we're getting here. <laughs> Benjamin, a very, very weird concept. What I would like to know, honestly, is what do Netflix have over Jamie Foxx? Uh, no, I think it's I think it's what does Jamie Foxx have over Netflix? Because Jamie Foxx, Benjamin, was very close to being an A-list actor. I think he still is, Michael. I don't know if you could take A-list status away from Jamie. I think you could, because he keeps appearing in straight-to-streaming, mid-budget genre films, like this, Project Power. It's, you know, uh, I just can't see how anything like this is doing anyone's careers any favours. You see, I, I think this is the issue, right? I think originally signing a deal with Netflix. So Netflix is going through its dying throes. I don't think it's unfair to say that Netflix is probably going to be the first streamer to go. It definitely won't be the first streamer to go, Ben, because lots of little well, streamers are going all the time. I've decided Netflix okay. is first of the big ones to go. Oh, the first of the big ones to go. Okay. So uh, there was a point, Michael in the beginning where everything was direct to streaming and you were like, oh, a Netflix series. Oh, that won't be any good. And then Netflix kind of hit its stride and everybody was like, oh, Netflix is the future. Okay, all right. Mm. Okay, give a look yeah. at that. What's going and on? And then everybody kind of jumped on the Netflix bandwagon and started signing contracts. But Netflix was very smart, Michael. Netflix did multi-movie contract deals at an undisclosed time. So what they meant by, by that was they, they signed actors up to multi-movie contracts, not necessarily in the same universe, just multi-movie deals. The one that we're most familiar with is the Adam Sandler one. Oh, I've never seen it. Adam Sandler did seven or eight movies for Netflix. Did he? Yeah. And at the time, they paid him a ludicrous amount of money to sign that multi-movie deal. Now, that's fine when you're someone like Adam Sandler. Because yeah. Adam Sandler has always made a career out of making movies that are, quite frankly, useless. Yeah, go on, yeah. Happy Gilmore. But then occasionally having an absolute fucking iconic movie. Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Or, you know, Uncut Gems. Or, you know, where so suddenly Adam Sandler is like, oh yeah, I, I can actually act. And people are like, no, you can't. And then he does and you're like, holy fuck. Oh, that Adam one where Sandler he was dying. Act. Remember <laughs> that one where he was dying, Ben? What was that? Actually, uh, I don't know. I can't remember. I'm dying and it's not funny. I think Seth Rogen was in it. Well, that was Unfunny People. Yes, that's it, yeah. Or it was Funny People, maybe it was Funny Might have been, people. yeah. Might have maybe been. my brain ran red on that. I think you red on that, Benjamin. <laughs> um, but I think Jamie Foxx got caught in that trap a little too late. He was like, ooh, I like that all these people are getting multi-million dollar multi-movie deals. I'll jump mm. on that. But by the time Jamie Foxx realized it, their star was fading. I would just love to be in a series of unrelated, mid-budget, proof-of-concept action films. They very much come off as proof-of-concept, don't they? That's, that's, that's a good shout. <laughs> They should have just called it First Draft the Movie Series. Yeah, I, I mean, Netflix is making increasingly dull stuff. Uh, we spoke last week, Michael, about how upsetting Umbrella Academy Season 3 was. It was kind of a by-the-numbers thing, and it, they had occasional weird jokes because we're Umbrella Academy and we're weird, and, and that's what we do. But I think... Netflix is trying to stick to a formula that isn't going to work anymore. Go on. What I mean by that is, you know, Netflix has always followed the model of churn it out and people will watch. Yes, go on. You know, and we've we've spoken about this before, definitely on the podcast, where Netflix needs that model to survive. They Just need keep that money coming in, but Just keep it coming in. Yeah, because there's not enough back catalogs that they can buy. Especially now, because everybody's launching their own streaming service. Paramount Plus has just launched, Michael. Mm. And those are all the Paramount films on their yeah. own streaming service. And yeah, sweet yeah. fucking Christ, Michael, I cannot pay for another streaming service. No, especially not with uh, Shomra Bug Plus coming up. Yeah, well, you can Where sign people... up to get all the behind-the-scenes content. Yeah, it's going to be some great stuff. We have Rachel Weiss signed up to do an ad for us. Jamie Foxx is signing on to do a seven multi-picture deal. Yeah, multi-picture deal with Jamie Foxx. And uh, yeah, I don't think the model's sustainable. I think they've realised that they can't touch anybody's back catalogue anymore. So they're like, okay, we'll keep churning it out. But 
because of their dropping subscriber count and some frankly stupid announcements like, oh, we're going to crack down on password sharing. No, no good. I don't think they understand. Like, you can't put the genie back in the bottle once, you know, people have become familiar with password sharing and all that kind of thing. People aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. That's fair. Netflix. Everybody no loves having to buy multiple passwords so that, their, so that their dad can watch Netflix. Benjamin. Exactly. Luckily, though, whereas Netflix keeps getting things wrong, Amazon yes. Prime are a shining light of everything they produce being perfect adaptations, exactly what the fans wanted. Um, uh, I've done a little skit, Benjamin. I know, I know, but I'm, I'm about to, uh, I, I don't know how to tell you this, Michael. Go on. They might have missed. Oh, no. Benjamin, yeah. what even is Paper Girls? Paper Girls is a 2015 comic from Brian K. Vaughan and Cliff Chang. Mm. From Image Comics, Michael. Oh, one of the best gangs. One of the best gangs of comic book making boys and girls. Mm. And it, it's, it's the story of four young paper girls, Michael. What's a paper girl, Ben? That a paper girl obnoxious. is a girl on a bicycle who delivers a paper. Oh, like a paper boy. Yes, exactly, but a girl. Oh, yeah, that's fine then. That's grand. And uh, come here to me, Michael. Obviously, anybody who's listening to this is currently putting down their pipe and looking over the top of their paper going, mm, yes, paper boys. Yes, backbone very of good, the industry. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but it isn't, Michael. So it's set in the 1980s. That's why there's still uh, paper boys. The that's olden why. times, Ben. The olden times, Michael. And it's about four girls who mysteriously stumble upon. Uh, multi-timeline dimensional Hujima Watson. Yeah, some sort of timeline war of some sort. Exactly. And they get caught right in the crosshairs, Michael. And it's about them trying to navigate their way back to 1988, where they're from. Oh, very good, Benjamin. Benjamin, we've actually read Paper Girls quite recently. Uh, we read it for our other podcast collecting issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club, which yes. you, you'll find the link to in the description below, Ben. <laughs> nice. I probably will nice. forget to do that. But Synergy. Synergy bed, um, but I had never heard. I've, I'd heard of it, but I hadn't read it before we did collecting issues because there was something about it that didn't speak to me. Yes, the fact that it was about women, not about white men with ginger hair. Very good, very racist, a little bit sexist. You've hit all of my buttons there, Benjamin. It is um, on your dating profile. It is. That is what my dating profile says. I'm a big old racist. Look at my ginger beard, Benjamin. <laughs> who wants to go on a date, Benjamin? Um, what was I saying? But anyway, we gave the comic book a read and I ended up loving it. And it was one of my favourite comic books of the whole year. And we read a lot of comic books during the course of a year. Too Michael. many. Yeah. So it's very good. Yes, very good. So both of us, Ben, were wrapped with anticipation to see the adaptation of Paper Girls on Amazon Prime. Do you know what, I, do you know what we really loved about the, the comic, Michael? What was it? It was the the striking character designs, Michael, the mm. fascinating colouring, because uh, Matt Walsh, who did all the colouring for that particular comic, did a great job. Oh, some lovely colouring, Ben. What a colourist, Michael. What a colourist. And then, Michael, we had, you know, the nice, slow development of the plot where we were introduced to the characters in the heightened, uh, in the heightened environment of a comic book. And so everything was nice and believable. And we believed that, uh, like, a band of paper girls could come together and they could, you know form a, a little paper girls union to survive hell day which is the day after halloween and you know you believed all this michael because it was in the heightened universe of a comic and then we got some amazing concepts michael yeah like you know space warriors on pterodons yeah coming to get you on pterodons or cool ninja teenagers who have a cronenberg time machine mm. you know there were lots of things there michael that made us go "Ooh, ah fantastic yes yeah very exciting and so we were very excited, Michael, when we tuned into Paper Girls. Hmm. How'd you feel and afterwards? What we got, <laughs> and what we got, Michael, was a very drab, bland, badly colour-graded, horribly paced, dinosaurless. Dinosaurless, Benjamin. <laughs> Absolutely di- there are, I've a, Hold on. So I, there's a litany of complaints I have about this thing. And, you know, we're usually a pretty positive podcast here. We're a positive a li- podcast. 
We're usually a positive podcast, despite the fact we've been mean so far about Samaritan, Day Shift, and now Paper Girls. But it's Benjamin, bound to happen. It's a once a year event, Michael, where yeah. we just pour all the negativity into one episode. This is the negative episode. Benjamin, one of the key things about Paper Girls is there's big men on dinosaurs, and there's non dinosaurs in this. Michael, so key are the dinosaurs to the initial comic book experience that we made up a little ditty. Brian Cave on, on a pterodon. And there's none of that, Benjamin. Benjamin, my biggest issue with it... There's no pterodon. My biggest issue with it, Ben, is that once again, my people, the gingers, have been whitewashed out of Hollywood media. They have? And the the only character, Benjamin, Max, I think her name is. Is her name Max? Mac. Mac. The only character, Ben, who is of the ginger persuasion, a 12-year-old girl called Mac, has been replaced with the 1990s actor Edward Furlong. Oh, it's ridiculous, Michael. What's going on there? Somebody got this young lady and they <laughs> sat her down in front of 1992's Terminator 2 Judgment Day and said, just do that. Just do that. Do the hair, do the bike riding, do the jackets, everything. Just do that. Very strange, Ben. Oh, Michael, one of the most... Uh, okay, so this is going to be a little bit unfair, right? But one of the biggest weaknesses for this, and I, I think probably the huge mistake of episode one of this show Benjamin, is... Yes. Can I stop you for a second? You can. Because I've I've a I've a a non sequitur here. Well, it's not a non. I, I I just have something to say before we continue complaining. I watched this with my good lady friend. Yes, you're familiar with her. You've met her. She's lovely. Yeah, yeah. She hasn't read the comic bit. Yes, and she thought this was great. Oh, what do you think of that? Oh, what do you think of that? Ben? Oh no, what do you think of that? Have we spoiled ourselves? Uh, have we spoiled ourselves? Is that what's wrong, Ben? Are we now? Oh, uh, but the book is better. Are we those people? I think we are those people. Uh, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That, this is the last episode of Shalux Listen. <laughs> We're just stodgy old gatekeepers now. We're done. Yeah. So what do you think of that, Ben? Um, did she love it, Michael? She thought it was great. Oh, okay. Well, I, I think the internet kind of agrees with her. Does it? So I think it might be us. Oh no, mostly you I think. I thought it was great. You're a liar. No, no, I You're a liar and we have it on tape. Well, nah. now, all right. Let's let's go through the let's go through it. Not that this is an indicator, Michael, but let's go through the internet reviews, right? Okay, all right. Okay. So, yes. IMDb gives it a 6.9, which isn't spectacular. That's, yeah, that's about how I feel. Yeah. It's a 6.9 show. Yeah. Um the average audience rating from Google users is 4.3. Google users, Ben, look, let's talk about statistics now. You learn more from Google users. The, the most likely people to give Google scores are people who are going to give fives and people who are going to give ones. Otherwise, you're not even going to be signing in and reviewing on Google. What's the point? All right, that's fair. So, again, not really indicative of anything. Anything at all. But come here to me, Michael. Do you know what is kind of indicative? Go on. Bloody uh, the L, um, Paper Girls Season 1 on Rotten Tomatoes. Go on. 87% on the tomato meter, so the critic score, and 78% on the audience score. Oh, so the critics like it more than the... Again, though, Benjamin, we've, we've done a whole episode on this on the past, but the tomato meter can go suck an egg because it doesn't yeah, really okay. mean anything. That means... They've done what's the what's the tomato score for critics? Eighty-seven. That means that eighty-seven percent of of reviews of Paper Girls are broadly positive. Yes, it's true. So, and broadly positive, I think, includes a six out of ten. So, eighty-seven percent of people could give it six out of ten, or a hundred percent of people could give it six out of ten, ten and it would get a hundred percent. Would it's a it's a dumb rating system, Ben. What were you about to say when I interrupted you anyway? I, I think one of the places this show falls down, Michael, is um, they... Uh, this is going to sound on. stupid now that I've complained about it, but they've stuck too closely to the comic book dialogue. Right. In episode one, and it comes off horribly. Oh, you think so? When spoken by actual people. By actual humans. Give me an example. Uh, the entire exchange between Mac at the very beginning and the other paper girls when they're talking about it and Mac is doing her best Edward Furlong impression and I was like, oh. <laughs> it's Edward Furlong? What's Edward Furlong doing in this? Um, I think 
Mm. This is going to. Oh, I can't say this in a nice way. The actors they've chosen to play the kids are not great. The kid actors, Ben. And when they're stacked against people like Ali Wong and Nate Cordry and things like that, who do an all right job, they're in a sci-fi film or a sci-fi series, and they know it, and they're doing a good old job. Even the prioress, the the the, the scary future cop lady, go on, Adina. I can't remember her second name. Adina Menzel. Uh, it's not Adina Menzel. She's not letting it go. Let um, it go, Ben. It is... I, Benjamin, I've only seen episode one, so I have no idea who you're talking okay. about here. Well, it's Adina Porter. There we go. Adina Porter. Um, so, you know, she's doing a great job. They're all in a sci-fi movie, and they're they're in it to win it. They understand the sci-fi concept. They're doing well. Ali Wong is quite pleasant in it, I thought. She's quite funny. Um, and she's quite good at acting. Because we like Ali Wong, the comedian here. Oh, yeah, yeah. listen. She was in that thing with Keanu Reeves. She was in that thing with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think they're doing fine, but the kids just can't carry it. I don't think I. Mm, I don't know. I'm probably just being a dickhead. Yeah, um, yeah, classic Ben. Benjamin. Yes. I actually don't think it's the child actors or the dialogue that's the issue. I Can think it's on. the pacing of the thing. Um, Horrible pacing. Oh, incredibly mad stuff, Ben. It just feels like they've edited the first two or three episodes down into one episode. The, the, it, it feels like so much is co- like. Um, not Mac. What's her name? Aaron getting shot. Aaron that, getting that shot. And... Aaron getting shot. Going to the hospital. Getting picked up by the teenagers. Traveling through time. All happened in about four or five minutes. It was awful. Incredibly I... bad stuff. Like what is going on here? Do you know what? Do you know what really annoyed me, Michael? One of the what great really tickled about... your pickle, Ben. Um, or didn't in this particular mm. case. Uh, one of the things that I really didn't enjoy, Michael, in terms of pacing was it's not weird enough. Paper Girls mm. Volume 1 is very strange. There's weird yeah. dream sequences. There's odd, you know, things happening. You know, there's the whole sequence with Max Mum, Alice. Stepmum, I think. Stepmum, sorry. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of sequences in the comic that are mental, but very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they've all been removed here. And the reason that they've been removed is because they need to be watered down for television. They didn't want to show an alcoholic mum waving a gun around, you know. I don't know if that's it, Ben. I okay. felt... I'm, I am I really admire the confidence with which you've stated that as if you have some sort of insider information. Do you? No, I don't, no. Okay, all right then. Because I felt that what was going on was... Ben, if you remember, throw your mind back with me. Please. Join okay. me in the in the mind circle, and throw your mind. Yeah, good. And throw your mind back to um, the comic book Paper Girls Volume One by Brian K. Vaughan and Cliff Chiang. Yes, that we covered right. on our other podcast, Collecting, Collecting Issues, issues by Weekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Benjamin, throw your mind back to that. Yes. In that, Ben, the end of Volume One is them accidentally time traveling. And ending up face-to-face with uh, an older Aaron. Yes. The end of volume one, Ben. Yes. And this happens in the end of episode one of this comic. No good. Too fast. And I think my take on it was, it's not that they don't want to show all these other characters and they don't want to show all this cool stuff happening. Because we got nothing of the teenagers in this. The the, the robot men with the voices and stuff. There's so much to explore there. Heck and Jack or whatever their names are. Yeah. Um, but, Ben, I think what it was was they wanted to make a time travel show. And that meant they had to put the time travel in so that it got to the time travel straight away so they didn't lose three or four episodes worth of viewers before time travel happened. Because you couldn't do the slow build. You had to get right to the time travel. Get right to the time travel seems to be what that's what I thought it was. And it was really heightened by the fact that instead of opening on a scary dream sequence, it opened on adult Erin so that we knew we'd be coming back to her. Yeah, you had to hook them in real quick. Yes, because if I remember correctly, Ben, in the comic, the time travel thing was quite a surprise. Yeah, it's it's not it's not fully established what it even is, Michael. They, they they're stuck more in time stasis than anything else for the first volume. Mm. Um, like the Langoliers, Ben. Yeah, it's a little bit of a Langolierish moment, Michael. Yeah, a little bit of a bloody what was the other one? Oh, a little bit of the Loki and 
pruned timeline sort of stuff going on. Tiva. Yeah. But we got none of that in this. No. Mm. No, we didn't. And Very it's upset. a shame. The other thing that I find quite bad about it, Michael, is the fact that it's it's quite dully shot and lit. Mm. It's it's very bland, Michael. Oh, nothing worse than bland. And the other the other thing that I, I found, and this is this is a real condemnation, it the budget seems like it's a sci fi series. Do you, you yeah, know the, that old uh, that old purple sky didn't look the, the most. Oh convincing. Jesus Christ! What was that, Michael? That was like something straight out of V. That was that was like something we'd do for a Comic Con sketch. That was something straight out of Tech Wars. It was <laughs> Take that, William Shatner, you son of a bitch. Like, if you're not going to give us dinosaurs, at least give us a decent purple sky. Where was the dinosaurs, Ben? I want pterodons. Give us our ter- hashtag bring back pterodons. Benjamin, there's a scene in it where they're driving to the hospital and two of the future cop people stop them and then the future cop people get shot. Yes. And that happened in the TV show in about half a second, literally half a second. We didn't even get to see the future people. We just got to see the chaos. There was no clue what was going on there. No. Really strange stuff going on. Anyway, unfortunately, uh, we we should probably finish it for completionism. We're only halfway through here at the pod. Yeah, well, I've only seen one episode, but my good lady friend wants to watch the rest, so I'm beholden to it now, Ben. Thank you very much. It's not my fault. It's your bloody fault. You introduced Paper Girls into my world. Get out of here. Okay, I will, but... After we do the rest of the podcast, Ben. In oh, fact, that's fair. I'll, I'll head straight on out of here and I'll head straight down to the cinema to see the new release, Ben, the film Jordan Peele's Nope. Oh, Michael, I've got some bad news again. Oh, what's the bad news this time? Uh, Michael, you and I, uh, yes. this week, while on our paper route. Yes. Uh, throwing papers into doorways and the likes, Michael. Yes. We were accosted by two young ninjas. Go on. And they stole your prized walkie-talkie, Michael. Yes, this sounds a lot like the plot of the film Paper Girl. It does. It's not a film, uh, but it does. Uh, and it's not called Paper Girl. We then followed them into an abandoned housing development, Michael. Oh, yeah. And Up when we Bradley came Wave. out, when we came out, yeah. we were surrounded by Irish men and women wearing big Aaron jumpers oh. and shawls, Michael, as oh, they yeah. travelled around the country doing Dev's bidding. Oh, fucking Dev. Fucking We've accidentally been transported back to the 1950s and 60s in Ireland. It's terrible. Oh no, the 50s and 60s. <laughs> that sounds very uncomfortable. It's awful, Michael. It's terrible. But you know the worst casualty is? Cinema. Cinema. Cinema's yeah. the worst casualty. Yeah. Not the women's rights. No, not the women's the rights. the Catholic regime. Yeah. yeah, no, that's all grand. It's the cinema. Benjamin, how are the small to medium companies supposed to get their laundry done? How's it going to happen? How's it going to happen if we don't put women into jail? The whole country hinges on it, Ben. Oh, Michael, that's too close to the bone. Uh, Look, it wasn't me. It was Dev, I presume. It was Dev. Fucking Dev. (laughs) It was Dev. (laughs) Fucking Dev. Benjamin, where's this going? Uh, Dev's fucked us at the podcast. Go on. Go on. What's he done? Because Nope isn't out here for some reason. Why is Nope not out, Ben? Why can't we see it? It's out everywhere else, Michael. Why can't we see Nope? Why can't we see Nope, Benjamin? It's very strange, especially for a film that's a mystery, intrigue film. It's going to be spoiled for us, Michael. I know, I'm very, very desperately trying to avoid spoilers, Ben, because it seems to be in my favourite genre of spooky stuff coming from the sky, mystery and intrigue. That's one of your favourite genres, Michael. That's why you wanted to watch Amazon Prime's Paper Girls. It's one of my... It is. And there are bits of Paper Girls, Ben, that had that vibe I wanted. Yeah. There are little bits of it, like when they're in the house in the middle and uh, the sky starts changing colour and they're spooked out about what's going on. That's some of my favourite stuff, Ben. Some of your favourite stuff. Num, 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 num. But we can't see a bloody nope. Benjamin. Yes. Have I ever told you about the time I was abducted by aliens? Uh, nope. All right, nope. Okay, I'm going to tell you this, Ben. This is apropos of the, this week's topic. But when I was a child, Ben, around 11 or 12. I see. This is a true story. This is not I, a skit. I, I, I'm not I doing, believe you. I'm not doing a skit or a bit. When I was around 11 or 12, I went to bed one night. And it was yes. in the middle of the summer. Yes. So it was, it was, you know, it was about 10 o'clock, I'd say. So, But it was still a bit bright because we live in the northern hemisphere, Ben. Okay. And uh, 
As I was falling asleep, the room suddenly filled up with bright white light, Ben. Bright white light? And I tried to jump up to see what was going on. But I was paralysed, Benjamin. No. And the only thing that I could move were my eyes. So I was able to look around the room, but I wasn't able to move. And I tried to shout or scream to wake my brother so he could help me. But Ben, nothing would come out. And I just went... And then, Ben, I heard some whispering, like, and it seemed to be coming from the bottom of the bed. Oh, no. Exactly, Ben. So I looked down to the bottom of the bed with my eyeballs, which were the only part I could move. And I could see, Ben, the faint shape of two humanoid figures with long, gangly grey bodies and big black eyes. Oh, yeah. And once again, Ben, I tried to scream, but I couldn't move and I couldn't make any noise. It's very unfortunate. Very, very unfortunate, Ben. Then, Benjamin, the room went completely dark. And I was able to use the power of my eyeballs, Ben, the circumlocation of my eyeballs. Hold on, I'll show you. I'm very good. Yeah, I was able to use that power to look over to my side, Ben, and I could see my alarm clock. And my alarm clock said 7.30 in the morning, Ben. So I'd suddenly jumped from 10 at night to 7.30 the next morning. And I'd lost the whole night, Ben. And I still couldn't move. I was still paralysed. You did have sleep paralysis, Michael, was it? Benjamin! What? I probably just had sleep paralysis. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I also thought you were reenacting the uh, origin story of X-Files' famous Mulder. Benjamin, but that's my point, you see. That's kind of why I'm getting at that. That's the whole point of this story, Benjamin. I was, I had an experience, Ben, which was, to all intents and purposes, an alien abduction experience. Very good. And luckily, I'm a rational man of science, Ben, and I actually don't believe that I was taken up to a spaceship and anally probed. Of course you don't. I don't believe it for a second. But... I can very much see how some people might have that experience and genuinely believe they were abducted by aliens. Yeah, Michael. So that's what we're taking a look at today. I know. That's why I told that whole story. It was kind of a very elaborate segue. I liked it. It was good. Thank you for sharing that little glimpse into a horrific moment in your childhood. Oh, very terrifying. Benjamin, can I tell you a little uh, amendum to it that I think you'll like? Go on. Tell me a little when, more. When, when I was a young boy, I shared a bedroom with my brother. Yes. As so many an Irish lad does, Benjamin. I'm sure you included. did. I'm sure you did yourself. And, Benjamin, I was absolutely terrified of aliens. So I never wanted to sleep near the window. In case the aliens got you? In case the aliens got me, Ben. In case the aliens came in through the window and and tried to take me. So I convinced my younger brother to sleep at the window. So if the aliens came, they would get him first. Harsh on your brother, but fair enough. Yes, but Benjamin, later in our later years, I actually discovered that he was terrified of monsters or men in black coming in through the front door and up the stairs. So he didn't want to sleep near the door. So he was more than happy to let me sleep near the door so they would get me first. That's very interesting, Michael, genuinely. he He wasn't worried about aliens, Ben. That is genuinely interesting, Michael. Benjamin, I told you it was. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go on. What are you saying? Uh, well, no, that's what we're going to be taking a look at today, Michael. Uh, alien abduction is a staple of our pop culture landscape. I'm going to give you a finger there, Ben. I'm going to give you a finger. I'm going to give you a hold it there a minute finger. Yeah, okay. I think you've said exactly the right things there, but you've got one word wrong. What? And the word, the wrong word that you've used is is. Because is, I was. would counter was exactly. Yes. All right, Michael, we're going to get into that now. If you'd let me finish my little right, preamble there. I won't. Will, okay, no, I won't. good. Yeah, good. Welcome That's back the theme to of this week's podcast. Sure Look, Sure Listen, where Michael neither looks nor listens. <laughs> son of a bitch. Go on, you do your preamble there. But say now you've spoiled time. it now. I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, do your little preamble. Let's sit here. But Michael, they were a staple but in, in of the 20th century, and there's a lot of reasons for that. So we decided, Michael, we were going to take a look at how... Yes. The obsession with bloody uh, with bloody alien abductions came about. And yes. what's happened to it today? Why do we not yeah. see close encounters of the third kind anymore? Hmm. Why is that not a thing? And yeah. Michael, I think part of it is you're a rational man of science. 
Yeah, go on. And uh, in a very similar style to video killing the radio star, it might have killed the interterrestrial star. Interterrestrial star as well. <laughs> go on. I can't say that word. Um, it's extraterrestrial also. Est- extraterrestrial, interterrestrial. I'm going to say it now. It's, 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 it's my new word for the podcast. Um, no, what's happened is, Michael, we've, we've fundamentally, uh, we've become a constant recording nation or world. The iPhone, Michael, for better or worse, means that we have constant access to high definition video and we live in a culture where video or it didn't happen. Yeah, go on. Pixel um, GTFO. Exactly. So what's happened is, Michael, largely, is that, you know, people can make these claims all they want, but unless there's a TikTok where I yeah. can see those aliens, mm. I'm not going to believe them. And then even if there is a TikTok, Captain Disillusion will probably debunk it. In, in about two seconds flat, Michael. And funnily enough, because we're so good at making fake content now, we've become all the more aware of what fake content is. Mm. Although maybe the aliens gave us that technology so they could hide their activities. It's entirely possible, Michael. But the other very interesting thing that we've seen in the last 50 years is a host of very solid academic theories on why we don't meet aliens. Why we don't need them or we don't meet no, them. No, why we don't meet them, Michael. Go on. Um, well, are you familiar, Michael, with the Fermi paradox? Then I, I am. Obviously, I am. I'm not near the mic. Hold on, I'm coming back. Obviously, Why are you not near the mic? Why are you I, I, stepping away from the mic on a pop culture podcast I'm that doing we do a thing, once I'm a doing week? Thing. Benjamin, obviously I am, but pretend I'm not. The Fermi paradox, Michael, is um, <clears throat> is a theory that attempts to document why we haven't um, encountered extraterrestrial life yet. Okay, And it was put forward by Italian-American physicist Enrico Fermi. Now, Enrico Fermi. Enrico Fermi. And what it basically was, was an attempt to grapple um, with the lack of clear and obvious evidence of extraterrestrial life. Go on. So, basically, the more the time passes and the less we interact with extraterrestrial life, the more obvious it is that it either isn't there or it's never going to happen. Go on. So, what we mean by that is there, there are several possible reasons for this. Number one, we are too far out in the universe that we can't be contacted. Very good, yeah. And therefore, it's unlikely that that will ever happen. Like you when you go on one of your weekend benders. Yeah, very uncontactable. Very uncontactable. The other example is that aliens have already found us, don't like us, and will never interact with us again. Oh, like me when I go on one of my weekend benders. (laughs) Very good. Uh, or there are other possible theories as well to do with us being in quarantine because we're not an advanced enough civilization yet or us being avoided because we're no good. Or the, the sad truth is that we are a freak anomaly that brought life into the universe and we probably won't see it again in our lifetime, in our Earth span. Now go on, right? Yeah, so this is the Fermi paradox and it's all very sobering and it's all done through studies and statistics and probability and it's all quite sad when you read it. Yes. It kind of takes away all your but hopes. Benjamin, there, I mean, whether or not alien life exists is almost a moot point. Yes. Because the question isn't whether or not alien life exists. The question is, were aliens from about the year 1961 to 1995 showing up and kidnapping Americans? So, no, uh, is, is the answer to that, <laughs> Most likely the answer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no is the, is the likely answer to that. So it, it's pretty interesting when we look at... It. Alien abduction is an American phenomenon, okay? it's Broadly, yes. Broadly an American phenomenon. Yes, we've dallied with British alien abduction, but it, it's not been the same. And the reason for that is quite simple, um, Michael. But ben, the yeah. British abducted plenty of people. <laughs> yeah, but we don't talk about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Dev might if you got him Dev started. Might. Dev, Dev, always going on about it. Nineteen thirty-seven. Give us back Gargoth. our country, said Dev. Anyway, go on. So anyway, Michael. Yeah. Alien stories predate any kind of abduction way before it became a popular American phenomenon. We had things like War of the Worlds and 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 things like that, you know. And so alien stories were nothing new. It was a Victorian trope for quite a while. We had uh, Day of the Triffids and. Mm. Things like that. War of and the so, Worlds. 
War of the Worlds, and those things were kind of classics, Michael, of alien invasions. And alien invasions have always been part of our pop culture landscape. Aliens coming from the stars and wreaking a bit of havoc, Michael, mm. is a pretty standard practice for the old fiction. Yeah, Independence and- Day. Independence Day. But even before we got into the 20th century, Michael, that was the 19th century's preoccupation with, um, you know, aliens. That was what it was. And then, Michael, that all kind of changes in 1947. Go on. What happens in 1947? So what happens is in 1947, um, a guy called Kenneth Arnold uh, comes forward. He's a private pilot from Idaho. Two first names. Uh, Kenneth Arnold, yes, very good. Could be Arnold Kenneth. We'd never know the difference. He comes forward on the 24th of June, 1947. What's he say? And he makes a claim that he has seen nine circular objects flying at supersonic speed near Washington's Mount Rainer. It was 1947, Ben, so he probably said, I've seen nine flying at Mount Rainer. It was uh, very, very close to Tina from Bob's Burgers there, Michael. You started Transatlantic and you finished Tina from Bob's Burgers. Very good. I've never seen I, Bob's Burgers. I like it. So I'm it's free a of phenomenal show. Adventures. I suggest you watch it. It is the wholesome TV sitcom hug we've all been lacking in our lives. Bob's Burgers, get onto it. Okay, I'll get onto it after this. Yes, very good. But yeah, so he claims to see this. And Michael, this is perfectly, perfectly aligned with the American exceptionalism growth myth. Okay. Go on. So 1947 is obviously post-World uh, War II, two years after. And Michael, it's really the early days of the Cold War conflict. Exactly, Ben. The Reds, not only under the beds, but also in the skies. Yes, the Red Scare under the beds, in the skies, everywhere, Michael. Mm. You didn't sleep next to your window in case the Reds abducted you. And you didn't sleep near the door in case the Reds came in through that as well. Exactly. They come to get your little brother. They come to get your little brother. And that, Michael, was a legitimate fear in America in the 1940s, 50s and 60s. Mm. So one of the issues that America has is that it's a very young country, Michael. And from a sociological point of view, it doesn't have folklore in the same way that we would have it. And it doesn't have mythic structures in the same way. Because the people that did have all those were uh, genocided by the white people that came over to America. Oh, very good. Take that, natives. Yeah. What do you think well, about? no, if take that, the lads that kill the natives. Oh, yeah, yeah, you've, talked, you've yeah. taken them down a peg, Ben. You've redressed a lot of things there. The with na- that I, don't, I don't need to take the natives down a peg. They've had a hard enough time as it is. Benjamin, leave the natives alone. Jesus Christ. So anyway, what happens is, this kind of grows legs, Michael, and all of a sudden there's a wave of people sighting UFOs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this sweeps across and it's perfectly in line with Cold War paranoia. The world is living in, you know, a very intense stage. We we can't really fathom that now in 2022. Well, we're getting there, Benjamin, Michael. Maybe by 2028 we'll be able to fathom what it's like to live in Are you saying that, that the whole world has gone on a kind of a camping holiday? What do you mean now? Hang on. Because you've said everybody's living in tents. Uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Classic dad jokes for you there. Classic dad jokes. So that Cold War, that Cold War paranoia really, really, really begins um, to intensify. And is it aliens? Is it Russians? What could it be? Da, 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 da. And I think what we see is a, a big separation into two different camps. There are those that are, you know... I told you there was camps. There are those that are forced to take a look at this from a realistic point of view and say, oh, it's the Russians. The Russians have some kind of technology. They're going to kill us all. Yeah. And that's a very, in in this context, that's actually quite a grounded approach. Yeah, also not true as it turned out. Also not true as it turns out. But the other camp, Michael, are kind of practicing a little bit of cognitive dissonance, a little bit of separation from reality and saying, no, 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 the Russians don't have technology. It's aliens and maybe it will be okay. Hmm. So what we see are two possible hopes. We've got pessimistic UFOs. Yeah. And we've got optimistic UFOs. Mm. Which ones are probing you up the butt? Probably the pessimistic ones. Mm. Or the optimistic ones, depending on what you're into in a weekend. (laughs) A lot of people are getting their genitals played with. So what we see, Michael, and this has been well documented by the science. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, 
well documented by the science, science yeah. but UFO entertainment then takes over so obviously like anything like any pop culture phenomenon Michael the Grumpy Cat movie for example Hollywood what? will take note of what's happening with the populace and say oh we should make a movie out of that to make some money Benjamin yeah I have seen and read different takes on this and I personally believe in different takes on this. What's happening here is you seem to be conflating that. Well, hold on, maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong because you haven't no, actually you get to work what? there. You you give me a little yeah, bash okay. so, before I finished. Sure, yes. The whole thing about UFOs definitely took off, but it wasn't I don't feel um Obviously, Ben, the two are inseparable. Um, like the pervading mood of society and entertainment. They they always reflect each other and always will. Yes. But the prevalence of UFO abduction stories particularly comes from media, not the other way around. Oh, go on. So there was, a, there was an old film called Invaders from Mars. Yes. In which people are abducted and replaced or abducted and mind controlled. It's classic. And the alien abductions that happen in that film, Ben, from the 50s. Yes. Are very much the alien abduction story that spread through popular culture. It's being being alone, being kidnapped by a beam of light, being taken onto a spaceship, getting probed, being paralyzed, all of that stuff, missing time, all of that stuff, Ben, is the narrative of what alien abductees think happened to them. And there are no cases of alien abduction reported before that movie. Really? Yes. Oh, now, Michael, you've you've pipped me to the post, you son of a bitch. And, why were you going to say that? No, I wasn't, no. I just like to pretend like I was. As a funny little coincidence, it was the 1980s remake of Invaders from Mars, Invaders from Mars, which was a film which I saw as a kid and developed my kind of youthful obsession with aliens. Yes. And then I had that very same experience. So it's a weird case of pop culture, imagery from pop culture becoming so popular and people becoming so obsessed with it that when they do have some sort of sleep disruption, most likely being the famous sleep paralysis, yes, they imagine the story that they're already obsessed with. Which is little grey men with big bu- exactly little grey men with big buggly eyes coming in through the windows, and then Ben, when they wake up, they further fill in the gaps, because that story happened to me, Ben, nearly thirty years ago. So long, and I, so long, Benjamin, and I obviously cannot tell you what parts of that memory are real or false. How could what you? Part of it, you were a child, what Michael. Exactly. But even at the time, what parts of it really happened and what parts of it did my tiny little pre-adolescent brain fill in based on the X-Files, Invaders from Mars, all of the other spooky aliens that were coming to get me? All of it, I'd imagine. Yeah, almost all of it, yeah. <laughs> I would like to clarify, Michael, that I was talking about alien objects, first of all. I hadn't yeah, yeah, gotten yeah. to the actual abduction. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I was trying to rush you along a bit because we're, we've only we're got running out of left. time, Michael. Yeah. Classically running out of time. Do you know what I would have loved to have done in this episode, Michael? What? Done, you know, compared the current, you know, the old tropes with the current tropes being used in the film. No. Go on, I um, haven't seen it. That probably would have been good, wouldn't it? Yeah, as an episode it. yeah it's a shame that but Michael one of the really sad things about all this is that we're noticing a massive decrease um, in reports of alien abduction you know it accounts because obviously reports are probably a strong word because that would mean they actually happened but yeah, no that's not, that's not what a report means between um, 1952 to 1969 we got over 12,000 sightings of aliens, UFOs, etc. Mm. Um, and those were all compiled in the United States in something called Project Blue Book. Yeah. And exactly. Project Blue Book analysed all of them. But sadly, Michael, by the time Project Blue Book was through analysing those, only 701 of those reports were left unexplained. Mm. Now, for you and I, who believe in the power of numbers, we could go, ah, yeah, all right, so 701, not sufficient evidence, not sufficient, you know, in, lots of things. Like, but for for other people, 701 is a massive number that of unexplained. How do you explain this? How do you explain that? Um, and, you know, I'm sure many people have probably devoted or wasted their lives, depending on your perspective, looking for the answers to those 701 cases. But today, in 2022, 
there has been a marked decrease in the amount mm. of people reporting anything to do with aliens. Yeah, and as you said, it might be because of our connected society where everyone has a video camera in their pocket. But I actually think it's because it's just not a pop culture trend anymore. It's, it's, not, hot, like, it's not hot right now? It's not hot right now. I grew up in the 80s and 90s, Ben, and aliens were everywhere. 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 Benjamin, if you saw a light, a, a weird light in the sky at night in the 90s, yeah. everyone was thinking UFO. My UFO. parents, who are not big pop culture fanatics, would be like, oh, what's that? It, like everywhere, all pervasive, going mm. out at night to look for UFOs, Ben. It was an incredible period. It was a whole um, thing. And it's gone now and it's passed and that's why it's not happening. Another interesting t- statistic, Ben, is that UFO abductions are almost entirely only reported in English-speaking countries. Where so. Mm, where, you know... American media was popular up until the the kind of modern era of streaming and translation and um, things being ubiquitous. That's mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't happen, Ben. It was all it was. It was real life reflecting pop culture, and then pop culture reflecting back that real life, which is to me fascinating, Ben, because it leads to the nineteen ninety three film Fire in the Sky. Have you ever seen it? It happens. Have you not seen it, Ben? I haven't seen Fire in the Sky, Michael. With a young Robert Patrick, I hear. A very young Robert Patrick, Ben. An almost unrecognisable Robert Patrick. And also a very young... What's that guy's name, Ben, from Fire in the Sky? J- JD. I'm looking him up now. Name. He's, uh, he's from lots of stuff, Ben. He's from lots of stuff that you love. D.B. Sweeney, Ben. D.B. Sweeney, from... who I do not recognise at all, but I believe you. You do recognise him, Ben. He was on that TV show where he got a lucky newspaper or he was he was lucky or something. Uh, I've got a lucky newspaper, I think it was called. Oh, that that old chestnut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D.B. Sweeney, Ben. You'd know him. He was I don't Fire know him at all, but, but I believe you. Fire in the Sky, Ben, is a 1993 film based on a true story. Benjamin, you can imagine, Ben. I was 11 in 1993, so this is... This is what I'm talking about. This film is this what I'm is what about. this is this is the meat and potatoes of your argument. And I tell you what, Ben, it's no use as a film because I watched it the other day and it's so boring. Oh no! But in the '90s, Ben, when it could have been real and there was aliens everywhere, this was absolutely terrifying. So it's about six men, Ben, who are working in the woods, and one day they're heading home, nice. and some mysterious lights appear over their truck. And one of the men gets out to um, investigate what the lights are, Ben. Why wouldn't and you? He's a, and why wouldn't you? Because it's an aliens. But they don't know that, Michael. It could just be a very, 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 very irresponsible lighting company. They think it's a fire, Ben. They think it's a forest fire. And um, he gets kidnapped, Ben, by the aliens. But then obviously the local town thinks the five men who were with him have killed him and murdered him and buried him in the woods. As you would. So then half of the film is a kind of murder mystery investigation into what, why, where is he? Which one of you killed him? What's going on? Okay. And then halfway through, Ben, he comes back. He, he reappears. Oh, what? And then they kind of drop that whole thread then, obviously. And that doesn't get a satisfying conclusion. So you're thinking, I wish they hadn't wasted so much time on that. But then it becomes what happened to him? Where was he? Did he, did he get kidnapped by aliens, Ben? And according to the film... Yes, he did. And yes, not only did. did he get kidnapped by aliens, Ben, he got kidnapped by aliens very unpleasantly. Oh, no. Benjamin, the, the scene where he remembers what has happened to him is one of the all-time cinematic alien abduction hellscape nightmares. Oh, no. It is awful. It's hard to watch, Ben. He's on an, a gooey alien spaceship. Oh, yeah, okay. And everything's gooey and gross. Oh, no. Everything's made of, like, 1990s rubbery, foamy latex stuff. Oh, no. It's gross, Benjamin. It's horrible. There's guts and everything. He gets kidnapped by these horrible-looking aliens, Ben. It turns out that they're the grey man aliens that turn out to be spacesuits, Ben. Oh. And inside, they're, like, little shriveled-up, gross little fellas with little beady eyes. They actually approached me to play them, but I was too young and I couldn't get a... Screen Actors Guild membership. Um, but Benjamin, they, yeah, they take off they take off all his clothes, Ben. 
and they slam him down on the table and they cover him in this kind of transparent goo so he's paralyzed. No. Yeah, yeah. And they they put all medical instruments in him, Ben. They put medical instruments in his mouth and then they uh, they put goo in his eye, medical... Sounds some awful. Sort of hor- horrible stuff, Ben. And then they're about to give him a big probe in the eye, Ben. Have you ever seen that scene where someone's about to get a big probe in yeah, the eye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't like he's it. It makes get- you very uncomfortable and squeamish. Yeah, it's very much like that, Benjamin. One of the, I would say, the all-time greatest. I've been abducted by aliens, and this is horrible scene in cinematic history. I don't like in, it. In quite a boring film. Great and scene. I tell you what, Ben. Crap film. Great scene. Crap film. And I tell you what, they knew it was going to be crap because it's based on the true story of Travis Walton, Ben. Yes. Who, in my opinion, was a big hoaxer. Yeah. But of course, that can't be proven. So. He played citizen number three in the film, Michael. He did, yeah, yeah. I see you're looking at the IMDb. Page I am. There. Um, so it's based on his true story, Benjamin. Um, but when they when they got his true story, when they got the rights to it, the the directors and producers saw it and said, "This is boring. Spruce it up a bit." So most of what interesting, most of the interesting stuff that happens in the film isn't part of his story. His story is a very standard alien abduction story. I was sitting in my car. Yeah, Late one and night, took me, and I don't remember what happened. And I came back after five days, and when all of a sudden, goo. I saw fiery light. Exactly, Ben. Benjamin, we've got yes. about enough time to talk about one more alien abduction film. Do you want to hear about it? Go on, tell me about one more alien abduction film. You chance. I've seen one more alien abduction film this week, Benjamin. Have you ever seen 2013's Dark Skies? You know I haven't, Michael. It has one Kerry Russell in it, Ben. Oh, I know Kerry Russell. You might know her from her head exploding in one of the Mission Impossibles. Yes. Do you remember that, Ben? It was, there was a bomb in her. It was terrible. Her, oh, it was very gross. I tell you what, Ben. So she has two kids. Oh, Kerry. And it's 2013 and she has two kids, Ben, and there's mysterious shit going on. Weird shit. But 2013, Ben, and this is probably the most interesting thing about Dark Skies. Dark Skies is a much scarier film than Fire in the Sky. Okay. Because Dark Skies is a horror. Okay. Um, But Dark Skies is not your classic alien abduction horror, although it is exactly about alien abduction. Dark Skies is from the 2013 era or the 2010s era of malevolent forces are very gradually abducting my child. Oh, slow and slow and slow. Have you ever seen Ben Insidious? Yeah. uh. Where there's there's a demon and he's knocking about the house... And he's very gradually kidnapping a child. Very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. There's scenes in Insidious, Ben, where like the mother walks into the bedroom and the demon is standing over the child. It's no and good. And she, she turns on the light and it's gone. It's no good. It's no good, Benjamin. Imagine that with aliens. Yes. That is the film. Yeah. Dark Skies, 2013's Dark Skies. It's quite scary. It's quite scary. It's quite spooky. And it's... It's not apparent that it's about aliens until the last maybe 20 minutes or so. Oh, my goodness. And then it becomes clearly about aliens. But the interesting thing about it, Ben, is it's not the alien abduction narrative. What is it then? It's the 2010s creeping malevolent present in the house targeting a child narrative. Oh, they've just adapted it to aliens. Exactly. They've just adapted it to aliens. Oh, Ben, I've watched one more uh, film that we, we don't really have time to talk about, it, but it's called The Fourth Kind with Mila Hovovich. Mila Hovovich? I don't know if we've talked about it. The Fourth Kind is a really weird alien abduction movie, which again is based on a true story, Ben. I'm giving air quotes, based on a true story. Um, quote, quote, Exactly. But it goes to the lengths, Ben, of having actors play the real people that the story is allegedly based on. Oh. And very interesting, Ben. Very, it... it it's a weird one. Again, not based on the traditional alien abduction narrative of you're driving along a dark alley at night and lights in the sky appear above you. Um, there's Sumerians in it, Ben. One of the aliens refers to itself as God. Um, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a whole other thing. It's, it's, it's much more Mothman prophecies than, um, than Fire in the Sky is. It's Mothman prophecies. Oh, I love the Mothman prophecies, Ben. It's one of my favourite films. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, what are your favorite alien abduction films? And do you have any sleep paralysis stories that you've explained with an alien abduction overtone? Oh, yeah, go on. You can I let us know in a few that. different places. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabeag.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. I got stuck it there, means, sorry. It means tiny room in Irish. It means tiny room in Irish, short of a little bit, maybe. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Sherlock sure Listen Podcast. You can find us on uh, on Twitter at Sherlock Listen. And uh, you can listen find sure, us... Listen isn't it? Huh? Or listen, sure. Listen, yeah, sure. you're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely right, Michael. You're absolutely right. At listen, sure. Uh, and most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on the Discord. Yes. Hop up on that Discord. Get in touch Hop with us. Let it. us know what you think. You can join us in a week's time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, where we are going to be taking a look at cosplay, the history of the global phenomenon uh, that is sweeping the nation. Uh, sweeping across the nation like a storm. I don't know. I'm mixing up all my idioms today, ladies and gentlemen. Stop, Forgive stop me. Up your ma- Benjamin, we're doing that because we're going to Dublin Comic Con this weekend. We're, doing, we're going to Dublin Comic Con this weekend. So if you want to see any of us, not me because I'm not going, but if you want to see the other two lads that do the podcast sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be there. Ben won't. He's, yeah, there's a whole story. You'll see it. We'll do a video. You'll see it. There's a whole bit. It's a whole thing. Um, so I'm not going, but other people are. You can come and see us there. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't had enough of us this week, tune in this very Wednesday to Collecting Ooh. Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club, where uh, Michael and myself will be taking a look at the sensational She-Hulk, number one to nine, from John Byrne. Oh, exciting. Very. Mm, I'm off to go get abducted. Bye-bye. I'm off to go not get abducted because it's so scary and spooky. <laughs>